0: I guess most of us experience this. have you found it pays to be persistent, in other words, you get better results as a result of being persistent. Anybody? You had an experience where you found that your success came because you were persistent and you realized that if you hadn't been persistent, you would not have gotten the response that you did. Anybody? There you go.
1: Hi. Some years ago uh, I had owned the boat to Clubnet. And uh, we made sure that we left every morning a at 10 o'clock after this time. And mm-hmm. uh, it's in the hotel right on the other side of the bridge on Paradise Island. And, uh, the manager came down to Clubnet
0: and uh, he wanted to find out who was the and who was running this boat mm-hmm. so of course he was to me so he said that he sets his meetings during
1: the time that i stopped by the hotel because it was so
0: precise that i had i passed this hotel kind of precisely at a given time that he had his mm-hmm. meetings start precisely and that's been for
1: years and years. 18
0: years. That never stopped. Mm. Seven days to week. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> Talk about being persistent. That's a long time. The Bible meets life, page thirty-eight. What does persistence look like? Jacob Reese was a police reporter who used photojournalism to document the deplorable living conditions of the poor in New York City during the late 19th century. The images he captured became famous and Reese was celebrated for his passion and concern for the poor, eventually. In the beginning, however, his efforts to convince others of the problem were not accepted. He was ignored, yet he kept after his goal. Years later he spoke about what he did when he felt discouraged. I would go back and look at a stone cutter hammering away at his rock, perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it. Yet at the hundred and first blow it would split in two, and I knew it was not that blow that did it, but all that he had gone all that had gone before together. Many areas of our lives call for persistence, as we will see later in Luke 11. This is especially true for prayer. And uh, the Lord Jesus Christ himself told us, to, told us to pray without ceasing, to continue to pray. And he gave us uh, a number of stories about how important it is and how persistence pays off. Okay, but let's look at what the Bible has to say about prayer. We're looking at Luke chapter 11, on page 39 of your books. Uh, but before we read that, those verses, want us to consider the setting of the text. In Luke 11:1, Jesus' disciples requested that he teach them to pray. They wanted to know how to pray effectively. Just as John the Baptist had taught his disciples, Jesus responded by teaching his disciples the mortal prayer in Luke chapter 11, 2 to 4. He also gave them a parable in verses 5 to 8 and some instruction. Verses 9 to 13. Both the parable and the instruction encouraged disciples to pray persistently in light of the goodness of God and his willingness to give good things to those who trust and believe in him. Okay, let's have someone read uh, verses 5 to 10, please, on page 39.
2: He also said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer. Then he will answer from inside and say, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his friend's resistance, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. I say to you keep asking and it will be given to you keep searching and you will find keep knocking and the door will be open to you before I read the 10 ways this morning as I was praying I say Lord I bring my children before the Lord and I say God I've been asking for a long time Would you know Ask and keep on asking, mm-hmm. knock and keep on knocking, I mm-hmm. will open. And so again this morning, I ask that you would save my children. And so I am just in that state of system. I am going
0: to keep on. Amen. That's so a good example.
2: So everyone who asks receives, and the one who searches finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. So he gives me my answer. against
0: Amen. Amen. Now, notice our persistence. Verse eight. There's a little caption there in your books that talks about persistence. What does it say? It's right next to the verse. What does it say? Someone want to read that? (laughs) Persistence.
1: Continuing in a course of action in spite of difficulty, opposition, and weariness. In this instance. Prayer. The Greek term carries the sense of shameless, audacity, lacking any concern for what is considered proper etiquette or appropriate behavior.
0: In other words, you carry out persistence regardless of what anybody may think about you doing it, shamelessly. You're not ashamed to do it. You're continuing to do it because you're not doing it to impress anybody. You're doing it because of what God says you should do. It should be noted here that some of Jesus' parables are told as comparisons, while others are used to contrast one with another. This particular parable is a contrast. As such, we would be mistaken if we understood it to mean that God is like a man in the story who did not want to go, out, go get out of bed at night, in the middle of the night, and give bread to his friend. On the contrary, God is completely loving and desires for us to knock on his door with our prayers. As we'll see later on, the emphasis of this parable is the value of persistence when we approach God with our needs. The value of persistence. When it comes to prayer, the most valuable thing about it is persistence. God wants us to keep on asking. And we do that simply because we trust Him. We trust Him. If He says, keep on asking, we're going to keep asking because we trust Him. Okay, let's look at page 40. Someone read the paragraphs on page 40, please.
3: In Luke 5, 2-4, to Jesus gave the disciples a model of prayer. In doing so, He noted the importance of focusing on God's honor, and his kingdom as we pray. He also encouraged the disciples and us to pray that God would supply our daily provisions, forgive our sins, and help us avoid temptation. Then, beginning in verse 5, Jesus moved from modeling what we should pray to teaching how we should pray. Verses 5 to 10 can be summed up in one word, persistence. We ought to pray and keep on praying. Our culture is full people who know what they want and they want it now we're not very good at waiting on anything that impatience tends to carry over into our daily walk with god we take our needs to him make take our needs to god and want him expect him to meet those needs right away fix it now god but god doesn't work that way jesus called us to keep asking keep searching and keep knocking In our previous session, we focused on Psalm 34 and the truth that our loving and gracious God provides for us. Since that is true, why would God hold out on us, wanting us to keep asking? Why does he simply answer the first time? For that matter, why do we even need to ask at all? After all, Jesus said, your father knows the things you need before you ask him, Matthew 6. truth is that the truth is that god supplies the answers to our prayers when we need them not just when we want them we can trust our omniscient god to know what's best for us and we can also trust his timing for those reasons let's not look on prayer as trying to convince god or change his mind instead let's look at persistent prayer as a vehicle to move us into a position of humble submission and trust before God. God knows exactly what we need, and He knows exactly when we need it. Granted, our human nature will always battle against the patience God desires, but God will always reward our diligence and patience with more than we could ever hope to experience.
0: Okay, so notice the first two paragraphs there. In Luke 2, 2, 5, Jesus gave the disciples a model for prayer, in other words he gave them an example of how they should pray. In doing so he noted the importance of focusing on God's honor and his kingdom as we pray. So the first thing we do when we pray is we honor God, that's the model, according to the model. Uh, we honor God and his kingdom. He also encourages his disciples and us to pray that God would supply our daily provisions. Forgive our sins and help us avoid temptation. So those elements ought to always be in how we pray. We, not, we don't necessarily have to voice them in, in the exact same way that the mortal prayer has them, but those elements ought to be there. And this is what Jesus is teaching. Then in the beginning, in verse 5, Jesus moved from modeling what we should pray to teaching how we should pray. And verse 5 to 10 can be summed up in one word, persistence. We pray and we keep on praying. We don't get discouraged because God doesn't answer our prayer the first time and and, and conclude that, well, probably it's not for me. We continue to pray because remember, God works in his own timing. He doesn't work according to our time schedule. The Bible reminds us that his words are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. So he doesn't think the way we think and he doesn't move and work the way we do. Question number two on page 40. What does it say? What's the
3: connection between patience
0: and persistence in our relationship with God? Okay, so what's the connection between patience and persistence in our relationship with God? Or to put it another way, when have you seen God's timing prove better than your timing? It's another way of putting it. When have you seen God's timing prove better than your timing? All the time, huh? All the time? <laughs> yeah, all the time is right, because God's time is always better than ours. And and sometimes we are on the verge of giving up, and God comes through. Is so that? I, I think that
1: persistence develops patience. It, it does. Is the fruit of patience. We're mm-hmm. always being reminded it's not me, it's him.
0: Exactly. And I'm
1: waiting on him. And since we know his time is perfect, we just wait.
0: And the more we be, like you said, the more we're persistent, the more we don't have a problem with being persistent. It becomes ingrained and it becomes more natural to us. notice, but why is persistent necessary? Why doesn't God answer our prayers right away? There are a number of reasons, and here's a couple of them. First, our diligent prayer causes us to spend more time fellowshipping with Him. Okay, and so that's around the way we're looking at it. God is saying for you to be persistent, it means that you and I are going to have to get together a little bit more often. Okay? You spend more time with God. Okay, so God is asking us to, you know, spend a little bit more time with me. You know, I'm not uh, a, a cosmic Santa Claus or or, or a cosmic genie in the, in, in the heavens. Okay, persistence means spending more time with God so that you can have fellowship with God. And then secondly, continuing in prayer causes us to become more like Christ. And of course, that's one of the, 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 the things that God wants us to be, is to become... Christ-like. And you can't do that if you don't spend much time with God. It isn't that God is reluctant to meet our needs and and must be persuaded, like some people think. It's that our persistence in prayer gradually causes us to become more like Him over time. The more we do it, the more we grow and become like, like Him. What's on His heart becomes more and more of what's on our hearts. Okay, you spend time with a person a long time, and you start to think like them. Isn't that so? The more you spend time with a person, the more... And you could probably sometimes finish their sentences. That's what he's talking about here in terms of persistence, the need for persistence. And then thirdly, God desires for us to remain persistent in prayer because he wants to develop our faith. He wants to develop. You see, persistence results in, as the best say, faith. Our faith grows as a result of being persistent. And uh, so we see another reason. Delayed answers to our prayers are not necessarily denials, they are growing reasons for ripening our faith. But we are so impatient, like the article said, we're so impatient. That when God doesn't answer our prayer the first or second time we give up and say, Well, God doesn't want me to have it. No, but it ripens our faith. And then finally, God sometimes allows us to wait on his answers because we are not ready to receive whatever it is we are praying for when we begin pray when we begin praying for it. These situations call us to trust in God's wisdom and care. Sometimes our children ask for stuff and we say, well, not now, later. Because we know that the time that, they are, the time that we give it to them is more important than the time that they really want it. And that's how God works with us. Sometimes we ask God for stuff and God says, you know, I'm gonna give it to you, but you're not ready to handle it. You can't handle it right now. You can't get it right now. Uh, my timing is perfect. I'm gonna give it to you in the right time. And so it's important uh, to understand these things in order to be persistent. Uh, in our prayer and to uh, understand what persistence really is all about and what it means. Okay, uh, question number three on page 40. What keeps us praying more persistently? In your own personal experience, what keeps you praying more persistently? And I guess it probably depends on the, on the need.
2: Eh?
0: Huh? When the burdens get heavy, okay. That's a good one. Anybody else?
1: When you're anxious for answers, you're looking. You're always looking. Because, you know, how he's answering. Mm-hmm. It keeps you asking and going to him, but it makes you aware of his working too.
0: Amen. Makes you aware. Okay. There's a there's a uh, project on page forty-three. Uh, It says present persistent problems. Did anybody do that? Anybody did an exercise? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Which of the following obstacles prevent you from spending more time in fervent persistent prayer? Circle all that apply. Did anybody circle any of those? We got apathy, busyness, insecurity, fear, doubt, entertainment, sin, Anger, ignorance, work. Which of those present prevent you from spending more time in prayer? I guess many of us are guilty of any number of these on the list, right?
2: Business, work,
0: <laughs> work. Busyness, work. Entertainment. entertainment, the television. Okay, what else? And sometimes sin. You get angry, but someone and you can't pray because you're too angry. Which obstacle will you knock down in the week to come, and how? Okay, so that's a personal assignment. You look at that list and see which one of those identify you, and uh, and you work this coming week to eliminate that from your list. Okay, as we conclude it with verse, uh, 11 to 13, we'll find a comforting promise from Jesus regarding the Father's love for us. So let's have somebody read those uh, three verses, please, uh, 11 to 13, on page 39.
3: Good Father among you, if his son asks for a fish, you will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask
0: Him? Okay. Question number four. What's your reaction to the promises in this passage? What's your reaction to the promises in this passage? Look at the passage. Uh, what's your reaction to the promise that God is giving you? What do you think?
2: God always answers persistent <laughs> prayer. Huh? God always answers persistent
0: prayer. God always answers persistent prayer. Okay. Good. Anybody else?
1: I'm comforted and I'm very
0: of to okay, so these words provide comfort and encouragement. Okay, let's look at the uh, the paragraphs on page forty-one. Could we have someone read those, please?
1: God has blessed my wife and me with four wonderful things. Each time we brought one of them home to the hospital, we couldn't believe we could ever love someone so much. One of the great desires of my life is to provide my children with everything they need, and to do so in a loving manner. I want them to know how very important they are to me. God wants to do the same for his children. In verses 11 13, Jesus gives of a father's love for his child to help us understand and appreciate how God responds to us. In Jesus' day, rabbis often argue a point by reasoning from the lesser to the greater. Jesus often uses the same pattern. Since A is true, how much more is B true? If a human dad can do good for his child out of his love, even though he is a fallen human being, How much more can the perfect God of the universe love us? A loving father would never do anything to intentionally scar or harm his child. In the same way, we need never to fear God's answers to our
2: prayers. God's perfect love for us far exceeds
1: my love even the best human parent can offer. And for God,
0: How much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Okay, go on. What else? What else? Okay. I'm not go on to the next day, okay. <laughs> Somebody else can read it. Okay. Alright, note th- that the disciples at the time had not received the Holy Spirit in fact they would not be able to receive him until Pentecost when he was sent after Jesus death burial and resurrection to indwell believers yet Christ encouraged them to seek in the sense of waiting on the Holy Spirit in prayer even at that time because God desired to give them a give them give Him as a gift. Now that the Holy Spirit has come and lives in the heart of every believer, it's obviously not necessary for us to seek Him or seek for Him again. Instead, we should thank God for the Holy Spirit and seek to walk in Him and be led by Him each day. The Spirit, the the, the Scriptures remind us that God is the giver of every good gift. And when He gives many gifts, good gifts to us Apart from prayer, His greatest gifts come through prayer. And we many of us can testify of that uh, when we see what God has done in our lives as a result of praying. The best gift God could give us is salvation and His very presence in our lives, which He does through the presence of the Holy Spirit. While our needs and situations and prayer requests may change from day to day, there's one thing that remains constant, consistent, day in and day out, our need for a healthy and vibrant relationship with God. An important aspect of that relationship is living life through the Holy Spirit of consistent and persistent prayer. Okay, verse, uh, question number five.
1: Already, I think I was supposed to
0: go on to the next page. Mm-hmm. There's more to read, I think. I'll read it. Jesus' pronouncement surely surprised his disciples. First, the Jews did not address God as their father. To pray to God as father was to invite a relationship and intimacy not taught by the rabbis. Second, the presence of the Holy Spirit was seen in the Old Testament as a blessing for only a few special people. Yet now this wonderful gift, the presence of God Himself, would be available to all who sought Him and ask, How incredible! God can give us no greater gift than Himself. When we approach Jesus by faith, He joins our lives through the presence of His Holy Spirit. We become part of His family. All those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, according to Romans 8, to 15. Jesus invites us to bring our needs and requests to God through prayer. At times, we will need to keep asking, keep searching, keep knocking, but we can do so in the confidence that when God answers, He will answer out of His infinite goodness. And that's what those verses in 11, uh, verses 11 to 13, are intended to highlight when he gives that comparison. Question number five, the last question. What does this passage teach us about God? Specifically, what does it teach us about God's character and the ways... He interacts with us. Anybody? He is faithful and just. You can always depend on him. Okay, he can be trusted. Many people make promises to us that they sometimes don't come through with, but God is not one of them. Okay, look back at the point. There's a point to the lesson, the whole point of the lesson. God always answers persistent prayer. That's the point that we want you to take away from you, with you in this to, lesson today. God is all, God always answers, persi- in other words, he doesn't tell you to keep on praying and then forget about it. He always answers pers- uh, uh, persistent prayers. Okay, page 44. Let's look at how we can live this out now as we wrap up. How can we live out the lesson today on God's promise of answered prayer? Are you ready to make a commitment to live as a person of persistent prayer? And only you can answer that question. Consider the following suggestions for moving in that direction this coming week. Use the model prayer. Don't pray the model prayer Use the model. Prayer. A lot of people pray the model prayer. It's not intended to pray. The model prayer is not a prayer to be prayed. It's a prayer that we are to model our prayers after. Write out the model prayer found in Luke 11 four. Personalize the prayer with your name and specific needs you're currently facing. Use those verses as a guide for your regular experience with prayer. Do we get it? Get an example right there. Write it out. Be specific. Make it personal. And then secondly, start a prayer journal. Keep Keep a journal of your conversation with God throughout the day. Record your prayer needs, but also record what you hear from God during these conversations. Be sure to also keep track of how God answers your prayers over time such a journal will become an encouraging reminder of God's faithfulness ever since the hurricane uh, my daughter Juliana started a prayer journal and every day we spend a little time in devotions with her and after she we finished our devotions she would go into our prayer journal and she would write some stuff and then she'd give it to me to read it and you know so on the, on the way to church this morning she had a book with her, and she was trying to get her mother to read a prayer journal. I'd read it earlier today, but it's a good idea to start a prayer journal, okay? Write your prayer requests and be sure to 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 record the answers and you, in this age of technology, they, there's, there are apps now that you can get for pray. There's an app that you could get to you can list your prayer and, and, and show the answers to prayer it's, it's amazing how things are working.
3: Let's see a: ballroom.
0: Yes. Warum does the same thing. Okay, so keep a prayer journal. Be sure to track how God answers your prayer. And then the third one is be a be a model of prayer. Look for opportunities to pray with others throughout the week. Invite people to join you as you connect with God. In doing so, you can model what you have learned about effective and persistent prayer. So there it is, three assignments that we have that we can take from this lesson and take into the course of the coming weeks to see how this lesson has become applicable to you in your daily goings and comings. Okay, as we wrap it up, notice uh, what does persistent prayer look like? This is from one of the three previous passages. It looks like the children of God... Continually approaching their Father to express their needs and bask in His love. That's the opportunity we've all been given, and that's the opportunity we should embrace. Amen? Amen. Take it with us this week.